Are you there, God? It's us, Sid King and Becca Stevenson. Welcome to the Good Girls Gone Sad podcast, where we unpack our childhood drama and try to figure out why we are the way we are. We're here to answer the questions, what made you good and what makes you sad? We promised that this episode would be worth the wait after our hiatus, and we weren't lying. We're joined by a super special guest this episode. It's comedian Shannon Fiedler. Shannon has a podcast called Just Like Other Girls, which we'll talk about later on in the episode. You should definitely check it out. She tours literally all over the country, so make sure you look at shannonfiedler.com to find out those dates. And she can be found on all social channels at shannonfiedler13 if she's not already all over your For You page. Shannon makes hilarious videos about girls from all over the country, and she also has really awesome merch, so you should check it out after you listen to this episode. All right, please welcome Shannon Fiedler. Okay. Awesome. Well, welcome so welcome Shannon. I was going to say welcome so much. You're so much welcome. Welcome, welcome so, so much. much. <laughs> I've never felt so welcome in my life. I'm so so glad. We're really happy to have you. Yes. Um, do we want to dive right in? Let's do it. I don't think I've ever gotten through an episode without saying let's dive right in. No, she so. hasn't. She never Perfect. has. Gotta come up with a new one. But yeah, we would love to just hear about your good girl origin story and what made you a good girl. Oh my God, everything about me made me a good girl. I think. <laughs> um, starting with, I'm an only child. So I feel like that could go one of two ways, right? Like you either become a total rebel or you feel that like the weight of the world and the responsibility of being every child is on you. Um, and I definitely went the latter way. And um, so that definitely contributed. And um, I grew up Catholic. So that's part of it. Like I've been guilty every single day of my life and that's just contributing. Um, And I was also like, I'm sure you guys are just one of those like overachieving perfectionist. I was going to say I was an overachieving perfectionist, (laughs) but like nothing has changed. So yeah, we like to say recovering perfectionist. Uh It's like working on it. Working on it. Yeah. It's a work Uh in progress. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, I, I just feel like, I am such a rule follower, like to my core, like I cannot break a rule um, to the point where people it's annoying. It's a problem. I need to like learn. I got to man up a little bit and and break a rule. Yeah, I would say that's like the definition of a good girl gone sad. So I'm glad we read you correctly. (laughs) Oh, I everything emanating off of me is good girl gone sad. So (laughs) love it. I feel like the rule thing recently for me has been the lantern flies. I'm like, I don't want to like kill them. I literally have to kill them. And it's like, it's really a true test of like willpower. It's like my own personal trolley problem. Yes. (laughs) Yes. Although I... Like the first time I did it, I was like scared. And then I like stepped on another one and I was like, okay, I can do this. You You're know, empowered. Like, it's kind of, it's, yeah. it's empowering. It really is. So if you haven't killed a spider and lantern fly, good girls, um, go ahead and kill your first one. And you know, it's like legal rage. I'm not sure I've killed one now that I'm thinking about it. I've definitely seen a lot of pre-killed ones. Stop. <laughs> dead ones. But yeah, I don't know that I've um, killed one myself. Well, I got to get on it. Got to get on it. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. Did you go to Catholic school as well? I went to Catholic school for two years. So we moved when I was going into seventh grade and we didn't know what town we were going to settle in. I We lived in the residence inn for three months with our dog, our cat and our goldfish. Oh, wow. It was an experience, but because we didn't know what town we were going to end up in and we, I like needed to start school, I went to Catholic middle school for seventh and eighth grade. Gotcha. Yeah. And that definitely contributed to my good girls in a lot of ways, because it's just like, I don't know, you're just so innocent in Catholic middle school. Like, I think people have this idea that like, oh, Catholic school girl, like, ooh. And really it was me like having never so much as like high fived a boy. Yeah. Like, did either yeah. of you guys go to Catholic school? Yeah, so I went, to, I went K through 12 Catholic oh, wow. school. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Tough, tough times for me. Um, But the whole thing also, like, I don't, I only had three boys in my class, all K, all K through eighth, or I guess second grade through eighth, like it was at that one school. Um, and so, and we all like thought they were gross. We were like, that's yeah, so embarrassing. You're a man. Like, well, <laughs> like you wow, should be speaking about boys. that. Um, cause we just like, didn't get them and we didn't have to, cause there was only three of them. So I definitely didn't understand. Cause like, also we talk about this, like purity culture teaches you that 
like there's no such thing as a platonic relationship with a man like they're mm-hmm. all in love with you or you don't like them mm-hmm. um so I like and I really wasn't exposed to that at all so that was I got to high school and I was like what, what are you guys doing who are you <laughs> who are you <laughs> I had a little, I definitely much more equal of a ratio, but I still went to Catholic high school. Got it. And I would say the seventh and eighth grade, did you have like abstinence only education and stuff? So we, we did not, we were not that intense, but it was very much like we were all just really sheltered. Cause again, like Catholic school, there were 26 of us in the eighth grade and ours was like weirdly split exactly 13 and 13 boys and girls. Um, but like, a lot of them, I only went for the two years, but a lot of them had been there since kindergarten. So they're all like brother and sister. Um, and so like school dances, no one was like dancing with a boy and I'll never forget. And then I went to a private high school that was not a Catholic school. And I went to my first high school dance. I'm like 15 years old. And is that how math works? Maybe I was 14. I don't know. But right. yeah, Something like that. But I'm like a teenager and I go to the school dance and they're playing this is like indelible in my brain. They're playing sexy back. But oh just like, yeah. And there's like a grinding train or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I was, <laughs> I, I felt like I had just been dropped into like Sodom and Gomorrah. I was like, what <laughs> is happening? I was mortified. I was like, I can't do that. And I was so uncomfortable and like scared. And I was just like, <laughs> and I went, I just remember going home being like, mom, I don't know what to do. Yeah, that I we've talked about grinding on this podcast many times, actually. I definitely relate to that. (laughs) Like, I just I vividly remember one of my friends had a like sweet 13 party. And um, it was very much all the rage in my town. My mom was like, absolutely not. Um, But she like people drank at that party. And there was like, rampant grinding going on and I feel like it like in that one evening I like you know my, Lost your innocence. yeah my innocence was ruined like I'm wearing this like a limited two dress and people are grinding and oh I God, did not yeah. know what to do with that <laughs> yeah no it was like a very formative experience for me I was like is this legal mm-hmm. like, you do that yeah I mean I, I like suspected that people were drinking but it was just like why, why would they do that like no yeah they're not drinking yeah we're not 21. Yeah. <laughs> so it's just like, where do people get it? Like, I, yeah. I was so naive. I was like, who's drinking? How, how do you even get alcohol? Why would you? I think I had had like, I thought coffee was disgusting. And I, I also kind of equated coffee and alcohol. I was like, those are for grownups. They're both drugs. They're drugs. Interesting. That, yeah. was, a, that was a me thing. Catholic school did not teach me that. I came, came to that conclusion on my own. That one was not my high school's fault. The rest was. <laughs> Fair enough. I'm so I'm curious too. like we've talked to a lot of people. Well, we talked to a lot of comedians, which sort of just the nature of us being comedians. We know a lot of comedians, but there are a lot of good girl gone sad comedians. So I'm curious for you, like how you feel like being a good girl has contributed to your comedy, because I think people often think of comedians as being like really crass and like really vulgar. And maybe you were the class clown. And I don't feel like that seems to be the case, especially not for female comedians that we know. Totally. I, um, I mean, I don't work completely clean in that I, so while I am a good girl, I have a mouth like a sailor. Like I swear (laughs) a lot. Um, and it's funny because I was so opposed to swearing. Um, this is like a funny little good girl story. Like I get it, got into high school. I like, wouldn't so much as say like the word, like hell. Like I was like, I can't swear. I can't swear. And I was obviously a theater kid. Um, and I was in a musical my freshman year of high school. And I got cast in a part where I had to say, um, I can't believe this shit was in. And I was like terrified. And I was like amping myself up. And I was like, Oh my God, I can't believe it. I'm going to swear. And then I did it on stage and I swear to God, it was like the floodgates were open and I never stopped swearing since like never looked back. Um, That's so funny. What was the show? Do you remember? Yeah. Oh my God. It was this terrible show. It was called smile. It ran on Broadway for like 80 days. And then they were like, yeah, this show <laughs> is not good, but it had like 17 female parts in it. It's about a beauty pageant. Mm. And my high school theater program was like all women. And so they were like, this is a good show for us to do. We can give a lot of people parts. So it was fun. It was terrible. Like the play great, but, and I played like the mean girl always, which I also thought was funny because I never was a mean girl, but, um, 
But yeah, so back to comedy. I when I first started doing comedy, it was really important to me because there are a lot of female comics, I think, in the generation, like one generation back from us that in order to like get into the scene, I feel like had to be sort of crass and raunchy and blue um, because that was the only way they would like be taken seriously in the comedy world. And Mm -hmm. so that was my understanding of female comics for the most part. There are, of course, you know, ones that I was like, I'm such an Eliza Schlesinger fan and I think she's, you know, on the cleaner side or whatever, but it was really important to me. I was like, all right, I don't want to be raunchy. So I came into comedy thinking, all right, I need to work completely clean. And I wasn't swearing and I wasn't even alluding to anything. And then I was like, this, this feels a little inauthentic. It feels a little bit like a shtick. And so now I think I've found, I wouldn't even call it a happy medium, but I just feel like I can be myself on stage. Um, But there's a lot of topics that I won't touch that I just, they're too crass. They're too raunchy for me. Like I don't like bathroom humor. I don't really like, you know, I talk about sex a little bit, but always sort of in the ether, like nothing Mm -hmm. concrete. Um, And I, I actually, I agree with you. Like I find that a lot of female comics are doing that now are talking about things that aren't just shock value. Um, I think that's really exciting. Yeah, totally. I like, so, I mean, Sid knows, I really relate to the, like, when you're kind of like feeling restrained by, or yeah, yeah, constrained by like what you're willing to talk about. And then Mm -hmm. all of a sudden you're like, no, I should like probably just be myself and not think so much about like what I'm portraying to the world and just be like, what do I actually think about this? But I think, yeah, I do. It's so interesting because I feel like my parents will come to shows and like, people will, you know, be dropping F-bombs and talking about sex and blowjobs and whatever. And they're like, we like, you have to be funnier if you're clean. And I, I do buy that a little bit. Like I do think to be a clean comic, like you have to be pretty funny. And I do think that some people fall back on like language and being gross or whatever, but it's just really interesting as you like get older and you you're figuring out like, what is my line here? What am I willing to talk about? And how do I want to say it? And like, what's private and what's not? Absolutely. I Mm -hmm. relate to that so much. And I think like the audience can tell if you're like restraining yourself and, or if you're like just cursing because you need them to laugh at you. Like the audience can tell if you're being authentic or not. So it's like when you do like find your line, like you improve a lot. Cause like I did mm-hmm. the same thing where I was like trying to make jokes about sex. And I was like, I'm yeah, that's it's, not me. I'm uncomfortable. So yeah. It's, yeah. And I'm always like, people don't want to hear it from me. <laughs> exactly. That's yeah, how they feel. like know who you are as soon as you walk on stage. Like the first thing you say. So like they can look at me and be like, yeah, I don't want to hear her talk about sex. Yeah, yeah. Big, big bow in my hair. And they're like, are you legally allowed to? Have- <laughs> <laughs> Is this OK? Am I going to OK? And yeah. mm-hmm. my energy was was telling them, no, no, it's yeah. not. Yeah. Um, yeah. So we would, um, love to know what made you sad, like your good girl origin story. And then, oh, everything good. What makes you sad? (laughs) (laughs) No. And I genuinely like, I mean that I feel like I, and it depends on the day. Right. But I feel like anything has the power to make me sad. Um, particularly like, I don't know the passage of time. This is like deep and intense, but like, whenever I see like a TikTok about like, oh, my baby's growing up, or I see like a really old person on the street. I just like, can't handle my own emotion. I'm like, that's so sad. Mm-hmm. Um, and I like, can't even really verbalize why I think it's sad, but that's, that's my deep answer. And then my like, not as deep answer is um, commercials at Christmas time. Oh Should yeah. That's it. Mm-hmm. Like goodbye, Shan. <laughs> Are you like, does your sadness about passage of time, does that translate to like you aging as well? Yeah. Yeah, I think so. And like, that's an interesting category. You know what I mean? Like it's really me aging and then like the people around me aging. And then like, it's, I think that is all tied up in that. Um, Mm -hmm. And I'm sure there's like some super superficial parts of it too. Like I don't want to go gray, but then, you know, there's also just like, you know, mortality. Yeah. (laughs) So, Mm -hmm. yeah, we, we have, talked about the mortality thing on here a lot I feel like that's something that a lot of people struggle with to I'm like, glad I was like am I going too dark so I'm glad to oh, no, no 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 get, get darker yeah okay, great. 
love that. Yes. Yeah. I think that's very real. It's funny when I said aging, I was like, that's such a weird, like, I don't think of myself as aging. Like yeah. I'm like, I'm 30. And that was like different, but I right. don't like, as I said, aging, I was like, it sounds like I'm talking about like a 60 year old. <laughs> no, yeah, I do. I do consider now. myself aging though. You do. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. I yeah. just think I'm like getting older. No, I think yeah, this, I is, this is a weird way to put it, but for my whole life, I've been young and like yes. now I'm not young anymore. I'm 28, which is like really not young anymore. And they keep like at work, they have hired like four people fresh out of college and I'm training them. And it's just, I don't know. I feel very limbo. Cause like I was always, especially when you're a good girl, you're like normally precocious and you're like, Literally, Olivia Rodrigo hit the nail on the head when she's like, when am I going to stop being wise for my age and just being smart? Yeah. Like, like all of that. I'm like, no, okay, don't wish that upon yourself because I like, I liked being precocious. I always talked to like the older parents, whatever. Like I wanted to be at the parents table at Thanksgiving. And now it's just like, okay, I'm just old. Like it's not charming anymore. And I have to, and what I was also thinking like the perfectionism thing that you mentioned earlier it's just so hard to be a perfectionist when you're in charge of your whole life. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. um, in high school, pretty much everything besides like your homework is taken care of for you. Like you have a place yeah. to live and people are feeding you and you have to do your after school activity. Like you have to, you have to audition and that's all you have to focus on that day is a quiz and an audition. Yeah. And here it's like, pay your rent, do your laundry, like da 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 da. And like, you can't be a perfectionist in that. Yeah, that's a real sometimes I get very like bogged down by just like daily work. Yeah, like even not even like my job, but like doing the dishes. And it's just like you have to do this every day. Yeah, it was so easy to feel accomplished when you were young. Yeah, that was all you had to do was accomplish things. And now you have to maintain your life and also accomplish. And you don't get any like, I don't know, as a good girl, Mm -hmm. I feel like I loved accolades. I loved Mm -hmm. people calling me good Mm -hmm. job. And like, sure, people will tell you if you get a promotion or like you achieve, like they'll tell you good job, but you don't, no one tells you good job for doing the laundry. They're like, yeah, you, you're supposed to do that. You have to do that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> kind of sucks. It, it does. does kind of suck. No, it like really sucks. I've, I've like I'm in weirdly, a grumpy mood. <laughs> yeah. I feel like this has like hit me more in the past couple of years, which I'm like, probably just because I was like pretty lazy and like never cleaned my room or anything for a long time so now that I'm like trying to be a grown-up it's like oh no I hate this (laughs) yeah well Becky you just got married right I did yes a little bit ago yeah in February I did too but even like before we got married and we were living together it suddenly became so much harder like when I was just living by myself and taking care of myself and like I I felt like I could keep everything going, but now that there's two of us and he contributes, it's not like I'm like, "Mm, I'm Snow White, Cinderella, the housekeeper, but like, it's just double the amount of shit to do. And I'm like, well, I can't, I cannot physically keep up with keeping this house neat and tidy and like life going. Yeah. I have two rooms now instead of a studio. So really live in large over (laughs) here um, and it's too much to sweep. So yeah. Well, how was wedding planning for you? Because I like struggled. Well, mine was more like the people, people pleaser stuff that came out during yes. wedding planning where like, I didn't want anybody to be upset with me, like yes. thinking about bridal party, everything. Like it just, it like took a big toll on me to the point where like after the wedding, I was like, I mean, that was an amazing day. I'm so happy with it. And I would not go back and do it again. <laughs> yeah. I agree with you on the people pleaser thing. Weirdly enough, my perfectionist did not come out at my wedding. And I think what it is, I I thought a lot about this. I think it was two things. um, And both of them are like, I attribute to being a comedian. I think people get really stressed about being the center of attention at their wedding. And Mm -hmm. I totally get that. But I'm like, that's literally my job is to have people looking at me and judging what I'm doing. So that I was like looking forward to, I was like, yeah, everyone's eyes are going to be on me. That's amazing. Mm -hmm. I love that. And then I think a lot of people who like maybe don't find the creative fulfillment that they're looking for in their jobs because they're like not, not like feeding their souls in the way that being a comedian does for me. I feel like the wedding becomes like their creative outlet that like they're putting everything into. And like, there's a lot riding on it in that way where I was like, I do a lot of creative stuff all the time. Like, let's kind of just, you know, these are the things I want. And I, I don't know what happened, but like, I thought I was going to have a really hard time making decisions because of those perfectionist qualities. And I was like, kind of able to just be like, no, this is what I want. The people pleaser side of it though, 
was definitely the hardest part because I was just like, whenever someone asked me for something, even if it was like something I genuinely did not want, I like didn't have it in me to say no to that person. And I would like complain about it to my mom or to my husband or all this stuff. But then like when push came to shove, I just was like trying to appease everyone. I like literally was going up to people at my wedding being like, are you having fun? And they're like, are you having fun? (laughs) I was like, doesn't matter. Who cares about me? Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's tough. It's like really hard to let go of those things when you go like you never have an event like that. So except for maybe a comedy show, I kind of it's like the same pressure I feel putting on a comedy show where I'm like, did everybody think it was good? Did all the comics have a good time? Like last night? Yeah, like when people unprompted say nice things, I'm like, can you tell it's because we're stressed? Can you tell it's that like, like, I'm like, is it actually fun? Or are you just like saying that because we look like we need it? What do you think? That's and then, the most absurd, but I would say that too. Are you yeah. just saying that? And then, and then they'll give us like a specific compliment. And I'm like, you don't understand how, spe- how much that specificity means to me. Thank you so much. Like you're having that. fun. But it's like, oh, this one specific thing was really fun. I'm like, thank you so much. Yeah. If you just say like the show was fun, I'm like, mm, I don't believe you. Like yeah. you have to say that. What else are you going to say to me? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, exactly. No one's going to come up and be like, you sucked. Uh, yeah. Some people might, but. Okay. That's actually why I really like comedy because I can tell. I'm like, I know if I did a good yeah. job or if I feel good about it or if I don't feel good about it. Like yeah. instant feedback yes. is so rewarding. <laughs> yes. That's yeah. why I had to quit improv because it was yeah. a group effort. And I was like, no, I'm not. Yeah. <laughs> I feel that. I'm not into that. Yeah. Did you ever do improv? I did improv briefly. So I, when I moved to New York like a decade ago um, and I was trying to be an actress. This was like pre-comedy for me. I took some improv classes at UCB. I think I got through like 301. I'm not good at improv. I'm really not good at improv. I like to be prepared. I like to go on stage and know what I'm going to say. And like, sure. Yeah. There's always some element of thinking on your feet, but also like you can rely on what you've the work you've done. Whereas improv is just so you can't. And I think maybe that's also like the precocious perfectionist in me that was like improv not for me yeah I I like have never tried improv because of that fear I'm very well aware that like if if I don't feel prepared I'm like I'm not good on my feet or maybe I am I've never tried it (laughs) and the group sport part of it too like I think a lot of people that I know who do improv that think stand-up is scary they're like but you're alone up there and I'm like I know that's what yeah. I like about it. And then if I, I fail, it's theater. my fault. Yeah, <laughs> that's fine. Wait, yeah. what you just said kind of, so I did like competitive improv in high school, um, Whoa. which is so, so it was literal like, team sport. Yeah. So literally team sport, we competed, <laughs> which is wild. Um, it was like game, game based. But I think there's another thing about like being prepared and like in stand up, I know who I am, but like in yeah. improv, I can't control that. And like, like my facade is slipping, but it's not really a facade. I would just like say things that, that I thought were funny and like that were very much not me. There was this thing. So I did comedy sports, if that means anything to anybody out there. And there was these like fouls and you get like a groaner foul if it was like a really bad pun or just like literally someone in the audience was like, ugh. Um, wow. Like you get a groaner foul and then you get a brown bag foul, which is like, if you say something inappropriate, you have to wear a brown paper bag over your head for the rest of oh the day. Oh my gosh. And uh, if you got a groaner foul, you have to apologize for it. And like one time I said something because um, like once I said something and I got a groaner foul and I was like, no, that's totally warranted. I have no idea why I said that. I actually feel really uncomfortable with the fact that I even said that. And <laughs> so that's why I don't do improv anymore. Yeah, seriously. Like, <laughs> I can't like, yeah, I like to know. I, I agree with you because sometimes I'll even sometimes in my stand-up, like if someone does something and I'm like doing some crowd work, I'll say something to respond to them. And immediately I'm like, why did you say that? Like, that is so embarrassing. Mm-hmm. I've done that in interviews too, where I'm like, I, it's like, tell me about a time. And I was like, I want you to know I made that. Whole, I didn't like, I don't tell them yeah. I made it up, but I'll just be like, yeah. Why? Yeah. I feel that way going on other people's podcasts. Like, yeah, same. I get very, I went on a podcast before we had ours, I think I'm a little bit more comfortable now, but before we had ours, I went on like a fair, I went on Jared Freed's podcast. So like people listen. Yeah, that's a big one. <laughs> and before that, I had only really been on podcasts that nobody listened to, which yes. was lovely. Um, but I went on that podcast and I like, I don't even, I mean, it's not even really about you. Like you talk through like relationship problems yeah. or whatever. 
but I like for some reason I got so worked up about like what I might have said and like how it would have come off and like literally the day it came out I was like terrified to listen to it and then I listened to it and it was fine <laughs> but I just like okay, I so literally bad. I did Jared's podcast like two weeks ago and I came home and my husband was like how to go I was like what if I get canceled and he was like what would yeah. you say that's gonna get you canceled I was like I don't know maybe I was anti-feminist and I'm, and I believe in feminism. And he was like, what? He's like, you're nuts. Like what's happening? I'm like, I'm I yeah. to get canceled from a podcast. So yeah, tell your story. Um, I went on two nosy meerkats, which is Lucas Arnold and Gabby Brown's podcast. And they were asking me about going to Catholic school. And I said this thing that, I mean, it's out there and they didn't take it down. So it's fine still yeah I was like I was like it was taking out contest and then there was like people yeah. coming to my defense and then like I think Lucas stitched it and was like no she's a good person listen to this whole thing in context and yeah. it was like re-stressful the um, out of context thing is so real yeah. so that it happens and you know yeah. what time marches on so we beat on boats against a current bore them back ceaselessly into the past okay um I quoted the great Gatsby yesterday about Ethelbert <laughs> right. so we are that that is okay the roman empire thing how often and it's the great gatsby oh, oh my god you're good. so right that is the feminine version mm-hmm. see i've been thinking it's the care and keeping of you because oh, i think about that but i think that is like I, that feels different because that's like a resource that's like thinking about the dictionary mm-hmm. <laughs> but the roman empire is like something specific i think like like literature or pop culture i guess care and keeping of you is literature i would never say it was yes. literature yes but I, yeah, to the, me it's great Gatsby. The green life mo- the green, green light, light motif. I feel like that like pops up in my head sometimes. And it's like, would I have even noticed that if I hadn't been reading it in a class? Probably not. Every, I, I think about the eyes of TJ Eckelberg like a lot. <laughs> and I yeah, think about I literally brought it up. We were in I was in Philly and there was like a mural um with like two eyes. They weren't even and I was like, it's TJ Eckelberg. That <laughs> was like, what? I was like, oh, so it is. It, don't you remember? He's like, no. I read that when I was cover of the book. high school and I forgot it. And I'm like, oh, it literally lives rent free in my head. It, I think it is the feminine. I think you cracked something there, Sid. It is the yeah. feminine empire. I think I did too. Yeah, we got to release this. I know. So we can stitch it. <clears throat> okay. Or the one that I saw that was the most compelling was the virtue and more um, ice skate, ice dancing. Yes. Moulin, to Moulin Rouge. Tessa and Scott, the ice dancers. Um, I watched yes. that dance like all the time. Was it one of the first things we bonded over? Maybe. I think we were at Ja Ja Ja. Yeah. And we were, it was like, so you know about this? And you were the only other person at the table that went, absolutely. My coworker and I like started building out a deck of like proof that they're in love. <laughs> and then we were like, why are we doing this? You're like, this is not a good use of my time. You, but you're, you're familiar, I argue it was. So yeah. You're familiar, I Shannon? I am familiar, but not as familiar as you guys. And I, I was a figure skater, like a competitive figure skater. But oh, I, let's talk I, about that. I didn't yeah. do ice dance. So that's like, I know Tanith Belbin and uh, what was his name? Her partner. Um, mm-hmm. They were like this. They were the ice dancers that I was obsessed with. Gotcha. Uh-huh. There's also on TikTok um, some, uh, maybe they're Russian ice dancers who like everybody has decided that they're in love. And then they, they like skated together since they were like seven years old or something. And they're like, they really have great chemistry. Oh, wow. And then um, the guy came out that he has a girlfriend and then he like said something really mean about the partner on a podcast and was like no like I don't even want to skate with her anymore like are you know yeah so they're like not skating together anymore and TikTok is like torn up about it it's really we don't like yeah wait that's it's actually sad I think like my greatest dream in life is to perform an ice dancing number at a meddling event and then get a forehead kiss from my partner yeah they're big kissers I I just like they are I could cry that's like my biggest dream I don't really like ice skating because I don't like falling down yeah so maybe that's why I could cry because I know it's never gonna happen yeah I will say figure skating I think is a good girl sport it is a hundred percent a good girl sport because it's ballet plus like gymnastics plus on ice yeah (laughs) yeah it's a lot like ballet it's also like sparkle and shine this was so I was like in the height because you peak very young in figure skating. So like kind of in the height of my training at the same time that I was at Catholic school. And so in addition to like being in this very sheltered Catholic school life, 
so much figure skating is kind of like an all or nothing sport. So I was at the rink, like every morning before school, every afternoon after school, and then like on Saturdays and traveling for competitions. So, and you're only with women, really. I mean, there are, especially at like the level you're at, it's very much like a, a girl's sport. Um, and I do think it like kind of stunts your maturing a little bit because you're often surrounded by skaters who are younger than you. You're not going to parties. You don't have boyfriends. You're very much like I'm a skater. Um, so I think that also contributes to like this good girl mentality. Also, like you can't, I was like going, I was like 14 years old going to bed at 9 PM because I would have Mm -hmm. practice in the morning and just like, you know, so it's definitely a good girl sport. Yeah. Did you skate all through high school? No, I quit my sophomore year. So I skated freshman, sophomore year. And then it was like, I was kind of at this like crossroads where to keep going forward, I would have had to have like been homeschooled, potentially move. And it was just not what I chose to do. Um, It was hard. I loved it a lot. I think a lot of people didn't. It was kind of like a dance mom's situation. Yeah. Yeah, But I really loved it. So I was very sad to give it up. But um, I still go sometimes to Chelsea Pierce and just like play around but I can't do anything that I used to do. (laughs) Yeah. Is that like, so I was a dancer growing up and I, we've talked about it on here, actually, like the feeling of like, I want, like, I'll go to a ballet class and like, I really so desperately want to be like as good as I was. And I'm like, I can't even really touch my toes anymore. That's something that I feel like I've really struggled with as a perfectionist, like feeling like I have it in me to like be good at this and I'm not. And it's so frustrating. So frustrating. I feel that way too. And then I also feel like, Sometimes I'll be like, I'll go, like you go to a dance class. I can, with skating, you can like buy an hour of ice time and I'll be there and I'll be like, well, what's the point? Like, what am I, why am I doing this? I'm, what am I working towards? I'm like, no, it's just fitness and fun and you like to do it. But like the perfectionist in me is like, no, there must be a purpose. Yeah. The, the, what am I working towards? So real. So real. Wait, that's okay. I feel like I've actually like abandoned most of those things. Like I'm happy to try something new and not be great at it. Like I've worked really hard to get there, but yesterday I started like a voiceover class and, um, which is, it was very fun. And it was, um, and like, I've done some voiceover stuff or like at least had some auditions and I was the only person in the class. There's like six of us. I'm the only person in the class taking it seriously, like at all. And I was the best. And, um, like I could tell the instructor was like, noticed that I cared the most. And then I was like, no, 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 no. I can't be the best in the class. Like I need to be bad at something. I need, like, I was like, I'm trying really hard to not like live with the validation. And, and I was like, oh, um, but it's like, I, I don't know. Like I, I want to be the girl who's just like hanging out in the back of the dance class. And like, it's okay. If I'm good at, t- if I'm good at the top combo, I'm good at the top combo, but I don't need to be the best and show off. Mm-hmm. And then I was put in the position of being the best and showing off. And I mean, it still felt good, but actually it felt a little yeah. icky. Cause I was like, Ugh, this, u-. I remember how good this used to feel. And it didn't feel like it felt gross that it used to like, so I think that that's progress. Mm-hmm. I guess so. Constitutes is progress. Yeah. yeah. Cause like I go to a ballet class and I like rank everyone in there. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. It's like not good. I'm like, there was a girl in the class that I took this summer that was like really tall, really thin, had like really awesome feet and was super flexible. And like the whole time we were at bar, I was like, Ugh, she's better than me. And then we like went across the floor and I was like, hmm, well, she's not picking up the choreography. And then I was like, what is wrong with me? <laughs> I was like, she probably hasn't danced in like five years like me. Like, why am I comparing myself to this woman? But hopefully she, did. she couldn't tell. I hopefully like- she's a rock hat now. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. We wish her all the best. I know. Well, I'm curious. So going back to like the cancellation factor, because Mm -hmm. you are a public figure. Yeah. So like, how does that, have you had any run-ins? Like, I feel like most of your content is pretty, like, you're like pretty clean and everything. Like, I can't imagine it offending people too much, but like, I've certainly had stuff that has offended people that I'm like, whoa. Yeah. (laughs) I I can imagine the worst people be like, oh, that's not a very good accent or great, great accent. Tons of that. Tons yeah. of this accent is bad. This accent is good on the oh, same video. And so people like, who don't know you, um, it's not like other like dialects. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's just like Minnesota. Yeah. Chicago, regional. Boston. I just yeah. Like, regional accent. Oh, she's yes. just like, <laughs> thank you for calling that out. Well, and that's a thing too, is like, I, I think because I'm so cautious, not just of getting canceled from like a like perspective of, yeah, I don't want to be canceled. That That is definitely part of it too. But I, I genuinely don't want to offend anyone. I don't yeah. want to do anything that would make people feel bad. And I think like a lot of the stereotypes that I 
do poke fun at. Cause I, I mean, comedy, there is something inherently, even though I think of my comedy as very lighthearted and kind spirited, there is like there you're, you're picking on something a little bit. That's part of what comedy is. You're, you're finding what's funny, which is inherently not like the shining quality. Um, but I do think that like some of the stereotypes or, uh, archetypes that I tend to make fun of are ones that people are okay with. They like almost take pride in like one of my biggest characters is Boston girl. And I think Bostonites love what makes them Bostonian. And so I like feel like it's almost celebratory in some ways. Um, but I'm very cautious of what I choose. Like people will suggest cities to me that I, do feel like might be something that as a white person, I can't take on. Um, Mm -hmm. And so I won't do that. And then in terms of like beyond that, like I don't, I'm not political um, at all. I just, I don't really say anything too divisive. And I think that that is helpful. Um, And sometimes I worry about that too. I'm like, should I, should I, should I be saying more of what I like believe in? Um, but that's not really my style of comedy at least. Um, Mm -hmm. yeah. So I just try to keep it light. I try to, I try to like not say anything that I think would be too offensive. It's more everything that I'm making fun of. I, for the most part, am making fun of myself. So I feel like that's part, even when it's like a character, that's not me, there are shades of me in it. Um, but I have definitely had people come for me like, okay, I did, this is a very silly one, but I did a video about the most annoying person to go to dinner with. And one of the things I had her say was like, can you make sure there's no like parsley or something? And then have her be like, oh no, I'm not allergic. I just don't like it. And if it's here, I'll send it back. And people were like, this is bullying to people with food sensitivities. This is so insensitive, which first of all, I was like, first of all, I have more food sensitivities than anyone. So like, (laughs) whatever. Second of all, bullying, like that's a strong term. And people just like went off and I, I never comment back on anything negative. Um, I think a lot of people do. And I give them credit for that. For me, it's just better to just ignore it. But I did comment on this where I was like, guys, like this is not bullying. I have food sensitivities. And I was just like, the fact that people are getting riled up about this shows me that anything is, is fair game. People are going to get mad at anything. Yeah. I don't know if it's true, but I once saw a TikTok that was like, he's like, it was some, someone who's a public figure and someone's like, what's the most annoying thing someone's ever said to you? And he said, oh, he made TikTok about hating the color purple. And someone was like, this is offensive to me. Like the color or? No, no, like not the musical. Okay. Like the actual physical color. I was like, that is offensive to people with color blindness who who will never experience purple. Oh my God. I just can't. Like, it's really... I think for me, the biggest thing is like, you have to look at intention. Is this, did this person say something and like the way it's being interpreted is maybe not great. And then you could be like, okay, that's a learning moment. Fine. Or like, did this person mean to say something incendiary? And clearly that person was not trying to (laughs) offend colorblind people. Yeah. They're trying to say something incendiary because they wanted to start hot takes on purple. Yeah. I mean, I feel like when people are like upset with something I put out, it's almost always men. And I'm always just like, dude, this isn't for you. Like, sorry, nothing I put out there is for guys. Like, I don't know how the middle-aged men find my content, but they do. And they really take issue with it. And I'm like, like, I put up something about my husband recently, like always critiquing my, like what knife I'm using. and. All the like literally there were all these comments being like, oh, my God, I thought this was just me and my husband, whatever. Or like some funny comment, I'm funny, you know, in quotes, comments from like older men being like, I try not to critique the person holding the knife or whatever. And but then like all these people were like, well, are you using a paring knife when you're cutting steak? And I'm like, dude, I'm literally like, I don't even cook. <laughs> like, yeah, I'm, like I'm I'll just be like cutting an avocado and you know what works my little dinner knife so yeah, I'm like it's just fun. not worried yeah people are I I am um, i newly trying to like build some YouTube presence mm-hmm. um and I will say people are much meaner on YouTube than any yeah. platform but I have a joke that I put up where I'm like I say I'm I love being a woman and then I'm like no applause cool And people, there are all these men in the comments that are like, oh, we're just supposed to be happy that you're a woman. Like, I was like, it's it's literally a joke. 
it's yeah. comedy, like relax, but you just got to let it roll off your back, I guess. Yeah, I know. I like that is the beauty of live comedy is that like if there is one like dude in the back who's like, hmm, that's a mean thing she said about her husband, but everybody else is laughing. It's like, whatever. Yeah, <laughs> like, it's fine. You're fine. Like I, I post things all the time and I always show my husband before I post it if I'm like talking about him or like using him yeah, as a foil or whatever. And like, he's never said, no, you can't post that because I feel like Jen, like, I don't want to post something that makes him look bad. So it's <laughs> normally like me making fun of myself by using an example with him in it. And then people, the comments and I'm like, y'all, he saw this and he thought it was funny. Yeah. Like, we're not worried. But Oh my gosh. Yeah. Like when you talk about how he does all that, like he like builds stuff for you and it's like, yeah, I had this um thing that I put up that was like, um, uh, my husband like does everything he like cooks he cleans and I'm adorable or like I don't know I think it was funnier than that <laughs> now that I'm saying it out loud it doesn't sound funny <laughs> it but was it, hilarious. Like, it was like uh, and then I was like I think it's important to have equal partnership and like all yeah. the girls were like exactly like passenger princess like it just leaning in and then all of the <laughs> men were like wow sounds like weaponizing competence like sounds like if you were a guy we'd be like roles are reverse and I'm like okay whatever okay. <laughs> Joke. Simply not worried. Yeah. Literally a joke. Just it still on. hurts my feelings. <laughs> yeah, of course. But you're just like, you have to you just have to be like, why do these people do these people not understand that it's a joke? And that's yeah. like a bigger issue. <laughs> when like what compels you to comment? Like I just can't think of any circumstance where I would leave a mean comment. Never. Or like cor- like correct somebody on something. Yeah. Like I just I'm like, who are you? Anonymous user. Anonymous. <laughs> Okay, well, we would love to know your entry into the Good Girl Glossary, which is the definitive list of people, places, and things that make up a good girl. I'm so excited about my Good Girl girl Glossary. That is a tongue twister. It is. Um, I'm very excited because my entry is twinning with my American Girl doll. (laughs) Love it. I was obsessed with American Girl dolls. Karen, keeping a view. Like, I got the American Girl magazine. I had all their books. I had all their dolls. Sort of like a subset of this. I think another like good girl, American girl doll thing is my favorite doll was Molly, which mm-hmm. I think is unequivocally the good girl doll. Like Samantha, that that girl's going to go on to be trouble. A Molly I was girl, a Samantha girl. No way. Yeah. I don't, I'm, I think my sister, well, my sister was like a Molly. I think Molly was probably her favorite, but she also liked Felicity. So like, I kind of like my options were limited. There. I did like Molly like she had braids she wore glasses she wore a beret she, she wore, like, tap dance girl energy she tap dance yeah tap she dancing tap-danced. I think is the most good girl activity she tap danced for the sake of the nation she did <laughs> she, she did. saved the country by tap dancing <laughs> and I, I that's a beautiful that's beautiful that, that is, is beautiful. really that is admirable she like gives the same energy like being a Molly lover and tap dancing gives the same energy as like um, like Rory Gilmore to me, like Molly. Yeah, Rory totally. You know, mm-hmm. um, but twinning with my American girl doll is my actual entry. I had the American girl doll that I could make look like me. I did <gasps> get that one year for Christmas. I had that. I had her too. I didn't. Very exciting, which to be fair, like they don't do anything other than like change the eye color and the hair color. So it could have just been a Molly doll. Now, yeah. now, they have, um, now they have different face molds depending on the ethnicity. That's very cool. Mm-hmm. In my day, they cool. didn't. Yeah. They no, also they did not. Um, no, they did not. They yeah, my like, mom was like, you basically look like Samantha. You're good. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. But I uh-huh. had her, and then there were certain elements. I, I remember getting the American Girl catalog and just like circling everything and being like, everything. Getting everything. out your Sharpie and circling things that you wanted. Oh my God. That's such a memory that I, I forgot love, about. I that is love- a Christmas tradition. Yes. <laughs> I love. I loved pretending I was being discerning. Like I was actually going to get the things I was circling. I was yeah. Like, well, I'd much rather this one over this. I'm, I'm not getting either. It's like yeah, $800 exactly. be- bed. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. I had, their furniture was insane. Um, But. It's so functional though. Like everything worked. Yeah. It really did. Like I had the bike and you could like move the bike. My mom actually cool. uses it now as like decor in our beach house. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> Um, but they also had this segment in the back of the magazine where you could buy clothes for you as a, that matched the clothes as the doll. Oh, and yes. I had like 
a couple pairs of pajamas that my doll Christmas, a Christmas pair, and then like a white nightgown. Mm-hmm. And I like Wait, remember with the pink. Yes, with, like with the little pink, pink ribbons. I always wanted that. I love that. Oh, I, in that. I want to be buried in one. Like it's a perfect, it's a perfect casket outfit. That's you. why we like nap dresses because <laughs> we all grew up. Hundred percent. It was idolizing Molly's nightgown or whoever's it was. Did they I all have that nightgown? Samantha's or actually, it could have been Flo's. It could have been literally any of theirs. Yeah, but... it might have also been the generic one. Yeah, that's true. But I don't know. I have it in my head, and it's like it's literally giving like what is the one the Catherine. Yes, it's literally the exact same as one of the Hill House yes. home dresses. No, 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 because Molly, I had Molly's pajamas, not for me physically. They were like but flannel, like button it, down. It was button down, red and white striped. Yeah, with these yes. cuffs, she uh, she slayed. If I had that in person today, I would, I would, I would wear it to work, and I work in a fashion mm-hmm. office, and everyone would be like, absolutely fire outfit. Yeah, absolutely. Anyway. Those girls were ahead of their time. Let me tell they you, they were. Mm-hmm. Um, have you guys seen the? the new I'm sure you have you seem very well versed in your American girl dolls but um the new historical doll is from the 90s and they're yes. twins yeah and they're, they're actual twins with little sweater vests yeah yeah, yeah and they're like get her walkman I'm like I I've mean I just it. think and her what there is there historical event the dot-com boom am I crazy I think it might be because oh um and then there's the Courtney and Courtney's historical event is watching the Challenger explode. Oh my God, poor Courtney. That's so depressing. Now that is like good girls gone sad. Literally. Okay, but you know what's going to be really sad? You know what's going to just ruin our lives though? Because in the 90s, like I I was eight at the end of it. But when they do a 2000s doll and they're yeah, like, like 9-11. Yeah, oh God. Huh. I just... But I mean, I guess like they kind of have to think about like what some of those dolls lived through with like war and like, I guess I was enslaved. Yeah. And I learned so much more from those books than I did like from school. I mean, in school, I basically learned like the benefits of living in North Carolina. Like That's what we learned (laughs) in elementary school. Your biggest imports and exports. Well, that and also that we have the coastal plains, the um, mountains and the Piedmont, which like what is the Piedmont is just the middle of the state. There's nothing there. But they're always like, this state has everything. The beach, the mountains, and this middle part. No, okay, that's <laughs> Wait, so true. Sid, I need to go back to what you just said, though. Why in the name of God, I've never thought about this until right now, did we have to learn everybody's import and export? <laughs> like, <laughs> we're like, this state has a lot of iron ore. And we're like, this is important. Because when we played Settlers not. of Catan, we needed to know how resources were. <laughs> exactly. Um, well, yeah. and what kind of soil you had? Yeah. <laughs> Well, I mean, okay, you're not from Indiana. We are all about the soil. Like, oh, my education is 90% soil based. Well, we have a lot of soil because it's farm country. We learned, did you learn? I mean, everyone has a lot of soil, I guess, but rotating crops. We like actually learned about rotating crops and their importance. That is, and everyone thinks, everyone thinks Indiana is a corn state, but we also are a soybean and tomato state because you have to, once again, rotate the crops to keep the soil extra fertile because it like, shares the nutrients or something I, obviously i have lost some of this information but it's more than you knew it yeah. sounds like I you didn't... guys could make a really good succotash let me tell you yeah. <laughs> yes we are america's breadbasket, which is hilarious because grain is not our thing do you think the golden <laughs> bachelor is going to mention um <laughs> the soil of indiana did you know he's from indiana isn't he from he's a purdue guy though right i have i think all the kids went to purdue the only thing i know so about he's gonna him. be like we actually have the most astronauts Mm. Indiana has so many astronauts. That's pretty cool. Who knew? I had no clue. Because they wanted to get on out of here. Indiana's so bad. They had to go to space. Had to leave the world, (laughs) not just the country. Yeah. I'm not the first comedian to make that joke, but you are the first on this podcast. (laughs) When I said Jack was the funniest Irish person in the (laughs) Sorry, I just introduced somebody on the show last night as the funniest Irish person in the bar. Sid's introductions were like truly unhinged. She introduced me as the best violin player from North Carolina, which like, first of all, like I could name like 10 close personal violin players that are way better than me. And second of all, I haven't picked up a violin since I was 18. (laughs) (laughs) So much later than most people give up violin. That's true. But it was very funny. All my friends that watched virtually were laughing at that. (laughs) I love that. That is a great, right? Best violin player in North Carolina. You should like get that on a button. 
Yeah, I should. <laughs> oh, and then I said the most <laughs> the most married woman on the stage or something. Yeah, like you did say that. And that was also a true fact. That was true. Um, I oh, I wanted to say something else about American Girl. Oh, so my friend had a birthday party when we were probably like eight or something. That was an American Girl doll like twinning birthday party. I and- love that. We like had tea and everybody dressed up like their American Girl doll. And some people like ordered or ha- already had like the lookalike outfits. But my sister had been in a tap number to Marion the Librarian and had this little sailor suit. And Cute. so I wore the little sailor suit that Samantha had. And like my that mom is- like curled my hair, you know, with like the foam curlers. And it was like a whole thing. And I remember thinking like, this is the most beautiful I'll ever look in my whole life. And I, was, I was right. Like I was prettier at that birthday party than I was in my wedding. Is there <laughs> photographic evidence of this? Definitely. I'll have to find it. Yeah, it's actually a requirement. Oh, and pre-braces, I had a gap between my teeth. And so I looked like an American Girl doll. Like oh, I had the exact yeah. gap. Mm, yes. And I would do that little smile that they would do. Yeah. Like <laughs> They had the weirdest smiles. They and did. Like, I, had, um, I had stick-on braces for mine. <gasps> That's cool. Oh. I didn't even know that was a thing. Yeah, I well, didn't offered that. It came with the care. I got the karaoke set. Oh, <laughs> wow! One year, it was like the karaoke outfit, and she came with a microphone. And it wasn't like theater or gymnastics. It was like my mom was like, I don't know, she sings sometimes. That's and that's what I got. I also got a karaoke machine that year, and it's like that's it was. Fun. I guess I was in singing lessons, but they were like, she just won't stop talking. Give her a microphone, Get I guess. And here I am holding a microphone right now. I was going to say that I feel that way often. I'm like, oh, yeah, you guys called me boombox when I was little. Here I am, mic'd up. Yeah. <laughs> are no listening surprise. to me. Mic'd up. Well, I second the nomination, Becca. Oh, yeah, I totally third it. All right. If you would like, we say it in unison to add it. So right. twinning, twinning with, with your American girl, girl, girl doll. So good. Thank Perfect. you so much. Bam, bam, bam. Good. That's the it. official noise. You're officially in class. Right? Congrats. It's actually gotten, it's changed throughout the episodes. It's gotten a little bit more operatic. Yeah, it's got more flair now. It was it used to be something. It's from the karaoke bar. machine. Mm-hmm. It brought it on. Yeah, we couldn't find a suitable like trumpet noise on GarageBand, which is what we use to edit. And yeah, um, fair enough. So, I like so Sid's voice. version. Yeah. Thanks. So the last thing we do is we play a silly little game Love and it. we have actually a wedding theme game for you. Perfect. So I'm glad you weren't like, no, I was so over my wedding. I never want to talk about it again. <laughs> no, I love talking about my wedding. Talk about Amazing. Um, so this game, basically, it's very, very silly and random. And we don't really expect you to know any of the answers. But if you do, that'll be great. Um, so we're going to read the origin of a wedding tradition. And you will tell us if it's real or if we made it up. Okay. Oh, Becca, what's the name of this game? What's the name of this game? Oh, the name of this game is to have and to holy shit. <laughs> I love it. Have fun. I wasn't gonna let her say it. Like not so fun. She came up with it. That's I curse on the podcast. There we go. <gasps> oh my gosh! Put it in the Taylor Swift jar. Yeah. We need, we need an American Girl jar too. We do. We do. Okay. Do you want to do the first one? Yeah. Okay. Um. Okay. Oh, okay. it's a wedding tradition, and you're gonna tell us if it's real or made up. Yeah. Okay. So you'll say the tradition. We'll say the tradition, and then we'll say the origin. And you can paraphrase if you want, and then you'll tell us true or false. Perfect. Okay. The tradition: walking down the aisle. Origin. Biblical wedding ceremonies evolved from the blood covenant, which began with the sacrifice of animals. They would arrange the dead animals in a pathway between them. The two making the covenant would walk from either end of the path, meeting in the middle. True or false? That sounds like unhinged enough that it might be true. It's It's true. true. That's horrifying. (laughs) The thing about these games is like, we usually can't, like our imaginations don't work like real true history does. So yeah, (laughs) it's like totally off the rails. It's probably true. Yeah. That's, I mean, yeah. Stranger than fiction. Let me tell you that's wild. Isn't it? Yeah. I actually often don't think about slaughtering animals and then walking down them on the, what is supposed to be the happiest day of my life. But I mean, you know what? I almost never think about that. No, that's actually not the Roman empire for women. (laughs) (laughs) That is crazy. Yeah. I, I did not associate dead dead mammals with my wedding but no what is just to not be about doing the cha-cha slide oh if, certainly not they were if you love yeah no well the cha-cha slide is about love so yes <laughs> clap your hands love for the and rhythm <laughs> i will say though if you get married in new york city and you're walking down the aisle outside you might have to slaughter 
Lanternfly. <laughs> what a callback. I love that. So if somebody slaughtered a lanternfly on their wedding day, please let us know. Just let us know. Okay, number two, the tradition is wearing a veil. The origin yeah. is the bridal veil was originally used as a tactic by the bride's family to keep the groom from seeing the bride until it was too late in case he thought she was ugly. I mean, I think that's probably true because it was all like dowry based, right? That's true. Yeah. Oh, rude. Very. Did you wear a veil? I did, but I didn't wear a blusher. So nothing in front of my face. Just yeah, me too. Yeah. And only for the ceremony. I know. I've only been to like two weddings where they've done the like actual like flip the veil back yeah. kind of thing. I have no intent to get married very soon, but I do have a huge intent at my wedding. I'm going to do like an 80s headpiece with the blusher. <gasps> nice. I love that. I think I, like, I think genuinely think very elegant. I genuinely think I could like single handedly bring them back. I, I could see them coming back, though, because I think like hair, like head accessories are coming back. Like, I yeah, think and I think Sophia like Ritchie did it, right? Who did? Sophia, Sophia Ritchie. Ritchie? Oh, I, she, she might had have. like a very long, like, yes, went all the way down. And it was very like, yes, you know, no, but I kind of want, I want like a kooky one with like a beaded, like headband thing, mm-hmm. pearls, and like maybe even like a spray of tulle coming up the back. Like, yes, I love that. And, like maybe even it like, comes down to a point. I'm like not kidding. And I, every time I show my friends that they're like, ha ha ha, what a funny joke. And I'm like, no. Yeah. Like, Actually, Michael's mom has a really iconic one and um, she she got married in 93 I think uh-huh. or 92 and it's like so 90s and it's incredible and she I was facetiming Michael when he was home and she walked in the room wearing it <laughs> and it was so it's so good so maybe you could wear hers that would be so funny if I wore your husband's mother's <laughs> well she's tried to pawn it off on several brides and no one has taken it yet so well, you, know, you might be her only choice um I think my mom mom correct me I know she's listening correct if you if you had one I'll I'll think about it. Yeah. Um, so film me a picture. I also think like simplicity is gonna be like we're gonna we're gonna swing the pendulum because it's like everything's very simple right now, trend-wise. Yeah. And I think it's the pendulum's gonna swing back to being like not yeah. not like shoulder pads and everything, but mm-hmm. texture is gonna come back in a big way. Like the that. opposite of a Sophia Ritchie, like yes, sophisticated symbol. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Okay. Tradition, throwing rice. Origin, this started as a game of sorts where guests threw seeds at the couple and they tried to catch as many in their mouths as possible. The belief was that the seeds would help you be fertile. I think that's false. I think it had to do with like um, I, something about like abundance. I don't know. My it's gut- false, but it's about fertility, but you didn't have to eat them. Okay, got it. A oh, lot of wedding traditions are about fertility. I will yeah. say there's a lot of fertility involved with weddings. So you're like this one thing at a time. Like you want that? Yeah, I know. I feel like whenever you go to weddings where like the like pastor just like talks the whole time about like the babies you'll have. First of all, it makes me, I don't know. I just, the way my brain works, I'm like, don't jinx me. And also I'm like, what if they don't want to have kids? Yeah. Or also like, just let them have today. Yeah. It's just the two of them for just, yeah. just now. Let them have yeah. it. Okay. Well, that's literally the whole point of getting married in the Catholic church. So True. yeah, not that I condone it. All right. Um, number four, tradition matching bridesmaids. The origin in ancient Rome, the bride was considered to be prime bait for vengeful spirits. So all the women dress alike to confuse the spirits from interrupting the bride and groom's nuptials. Huh? True. It is true. That's so interesting. So did they dress like the bride? I guess so. Interesting. Or maybe they all wore white. Wasn't yeah. did that used to be a thing? Everyone wore and white. It kind of came back for a hot minute. And then I mm-hmm. think people were like, no, this is my moment. So yeah, it's actually about me. I know when people have their bridesmaids wear like ivory, I'm like, first of all, I look horrible in ivory. And second of all, sometimes in the photos, if you have a simple wedding dress. Yeah. Like, you can't tell. I, I like attention too much to ever consider that. Me too. <laughs> yeah, you. Everyone wore black. Yeah, yeah. And it was like Ops. it's very clear. No, yeah. it was a, it was a funeral to sell to celebrate my to <laughs> mourn my independence. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Ruined that, but that's what it was. Tradition. Best man. Origin. The best man was a backup groom who had to marry the bride as something happened to the groom before the wedding, Miss America style. That's very like vice president. I. That's got to be false. I hope. 
Yeah, he was actually the bodyguard of the groom and he helped fight off the potential suitors of the bride's family and or kidnap the bride. What? Yeah, kidnapping the bride was also a big thing. Wow. <laughs> Which is so sad. Like, I actually That's saw crazy. I saw a movie about that where it's like they were just go to a village and kidnap an eligible woman and move her into the new village. And that's the parents were normally okay with it because they got paid off. Wow, that's, that's crazy. Yeah. You I know. watched it because I, I watched every – that year I watched everything nominated for an Academy Award. And um, I was like, oh, okay. I don't think I'm a better person for having seen this. Yeah, fair. Maybe I, I guess I learned something. It's I true. learned more than, than about import and exports. So. True. <laughs> true. So true. Okay, number six. The tradition is carrying over the threshold oh. and the origin – Ancient Roman grooms carried the bride across the threshold of their new home because the bride had to prove that she didn't willingly leave her father's home as doing so would have been improper. Whoa. That's what I, I just like. Okay, here's my rationale. I'm going to say it's false because I think that's like a more modern tradition. But it's I, true. It's true. Yeah. Wow. Isn't that weird? <laughs> that's so weird. Yeah, it's <laughs> weird that you can't willingly leave your father's home to get That's married. daddy issues. Yeah, it is daddy issues. Yikes. Ancient Roman daddy issues. You weren't a person, you were property. One thing I'd like to know is, are the men thinking about ancient Roman weddings? Uh, yeah. This is true. They yeah, probably okay, What about are. ancient Rome are they thinking about? Are they thinking about, like, aqueducts? Are they thinking about They the probably Coliseum? are thinking about aqueducts. I mean, they are a feat of engineering. <laughs> and like gladiator type vibes. I bet they're thinking about they're that thinking a lot. I about killing. Do you yeah. think they're thinking about Hillary Duff performing in the Coliseum? That's what I'm thinking about. Hey now. That's hey what I'm now. thinking about. That came on right before our show yesterday. Did you notice? I did. It was good. They did a really good job with the songs that came on right before people went up. Yeah, they did. They were all from our playlist. Yes. Yeah. It's a great playlist. We'll share with the class. Yeah. Okay. Bridal shower. Origin. In the 15th century, people only took baths once a year, and it was a tradition to take your annual bath right before your wedding. That's where the shower got its name. I thought it was came from showering with gifts, but I'm going to say false. But I do believe people probably bathed once a year in the 15th century. Okay, you literally nailed it on that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's false. People did only um, bathe once a year, which was normally in May, which is why a lot of people got married in June. Wow. That's why June's the most popular month for weddings. Because we have to bathe. Mm-hmm. All right. Oh, okay. This is good. Um, the garter toss, the oh. origin. <laughs> Back in medieval times, wedding guests often demanded proof that the couple had consummated their marriage, which usually meant accompanying them into the bedroom to witness the union. Guests would emerge with the bride's garter as evidence, so brides started to throw their own garter to d- distract the mobs. I think that's true because I think I saw it on Game of Thrones. <laughs> it is true. And also I couldn't, I could not have come up with that. <laughs> yeah, that is bananas. That's, yeah. wow, poor brides. They had it. When I thought I had about... it tough with like deciding what kind of table numbers I wanted to use. I know. Well, when you think about some of these things, it's like, I mean, there were definitely some things that I didn't want to do. Like I didn't really want to do the bouquet toss because like I always, but it wasn't like, I wasn't like, a, it wasn't even really a feminist thing. I was just like, yeah. when I was like the only single person at I a wedding. Not. Yeah. It I just it. makes you feel weird. <laughs> so yeah. I didn't want to do that. But like the garter toss, I mean, I've only been to a couple weddings where people have done that, but like never once have I considered the origin and that is yeah. much more alarming than I would have thought. Did you yeah. do a garter toss, Shannon? I did not do a garter toss. I just don't actually need to see... It's really um, uh, no. It the makes going me, under the skirt, going under the skirt, and then the parents getting really rowdy about it. I'm like, yeah. oh, that's awful. And then I feel like it used to be at least like my parents said, like when they were getting married and stuff. What it was was they'd throw the garter, and whatever guy caught the garter would then have to put the garter on the girl that caught the bouquet. Yes, oh. and like that's so like at least the couple that's getting married, assumedly like they like touching each other, but like just some random dude happened to catch the garter and now he's going to be up your skirt. Like, yeah, I feel oh. like I was at a wedding where like a child caught the bouquet and the intention was they were going to do the garter thing. And they're like, we're calling that up. We're calling it off. Yeah, you have to. And you can't take the bouquet away from a little girl. No. Yeah, no. When kids catch the bouquet, that's actually the best of all worlds. Yeah. Yes. Actually, I think I remember being like, I don't want to get married right away. I don't want to catch it. I was very superstitious. And I thought, hmm. 
because if rules are made to if you rule like rules can't be broken then rules also must like be real yeah I had that same kind of like I feel that I feel that things like even if it was like a fake kind of superstitious thing I was like <gasps> yeah yeah mm-hmm. I hear you. anyway you won the game congratulations yeah, you did great I'm really Thanks, impressed amazing, amazing work um, well, then the last thing that we do is um, we call it passing the offertory plate, but this is just your opportunity to plug yourself, shows you have coming up, tell people where to find you, et cetera. Yeah, um, this was so much fun. Thank you guys for having me. If you are listening and you want more of me, I don't know why you would, but if you do, you can find me on all social channels. I'm at Shannon Fiedler 13. Uh, I have can you shows- spell your last name for us? Oh, yes, I sure can. That's F-I-E-D-L-E-R. Um, and then I have shows all over New York city and also some tour shows. So you can find those on my website. Um, and I have my own podcast called just like other girls available anywhere you get your podcast. So give it a listen. What is your podcast about? Um, kind of anything. It's like my musings. It's definitely not as structured as this, which I wish it was because it deserves a little more structure, but, um, a lot of times it's just sort of like, you know, this is, this is what happened to me this week. Nice. I, I love the name that was I like yeah it's a very good name thank you thank I you I feel like it, it belongs in the sisterhood of good girls gone south oh 100%. totally very much sure. yeah so good I love being like other girls for the best exactly exactly <laughs> as I wear my Taylor Swift sweatshirt oh, Taylor Swift <laughs> sports sweatshirt it's pretty funny but thank you so much for yeah coming thank you guys this was so fun love my fellow good girls yes we did too we really appreciate you coming on Thanks so much for listening. You can find me, Becca Stevenson, at TheBeccaStevenson on Instagram and at the real underscore Becca on TikTok and Twitter. You can find me, Sid King, at Sid period the period King on Instagram. And you can find us, The Good Girls Gone Sad, at Good Girls Gone Sad on Instagram and TikTok. You can also email us at goodgirlsgonesad at gmail.com. If you would like to submit a glossary submission, you can DM it to us on Instagram or send it through by email. Also, if you leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, we will mail you a sticker and a matchbook. If you DM it to us on Instagram, just have to give us your address. Five-star reviews only, please. Also, don't forget, if you want to drink your morning coffee out of a mug that says Jesus wouldn't call people whores on the internet, you can do that with our merch, which you can find via our link tree. We would also like to thank Emery Bergman for our amazing logo and Luke Lima for our amazing intro and outro music. All right, there's only one thing left to say. Jesus wouldn't call people whores on the internet. And neither should you. (laughs) Bye. Bye.